Hello, welcome to another episode of Divine Love. I am so pleased to be sitting here and I'm very excited to get into today's episode. When I take the time to do the research on the Celtic tree ritual that we'll be diving into, I get really excited by the material and look forward to sharing what I have learned with you, as well as to the wisdom that we will receive from the guides that we invite with us into this divine love space. So this month we are celebrating the elder tree and this elder ceremony is all about healing and transformation of beginnings and endings of recognizing that at least in northern hemisphere we are entering a time on the wheel of the year where the growth cycle is ending and this is a time that people would save the seeds <laughs> that they gleaned from their harvest and prepare for the winter to come and because winter was a cold time and it was likely that some may die along the season. This was a time to reflect upon death and let go of any grudges or resentments that we had held throughout the year. And this is a wonderful time to just review our year, review 2022 and consider what has come and gone in your life. Consider what you would like to take with you into 2023 and also what you would like to let go. I know this is perhaps a bit preemptive because I believe actually we're three months away <laughs> from 2023 so maybe it's not as preemptive as I as I think <laughs> so yeah it's a good time to start reviewing and just like you would do taking an inventory of your home of your belongings to kind of check yourself see how you're feeling and what's going on with you and what has culminated to this moment that you are now breathing in. So let's look a little bit to the tree specifically. And the Black Elder is a tree of abundance and protection. It's an interesting tree because we are in Libra season, right? And so there is that sense of balance of yin and yang, light and shadow. And this Black Elder kind of holds that because the stories associated with the Black Elder are twofold. One is that the Black Elder is associated with the White Goddess. And this White Goddess brought healing and good fortune to her people as well as protection to their lands. 
And so people would plant this tree near their farmlands or their homes to bring protection, ward off any evil. However, on another side of this tree's history, some have said it is the tree that Jesus was crucified on, as well as the tree that Jesus's betrayer, Judas Iscariot, hung himself from. So the elder asks us to see the light and dark within ourselves as the elder holds that within its own history, right? And this month is a great month to give thanks. And of course, we have Thanksgiving coming up here in Canada. I know in in the US, it's different, but it is it is coming up and we can take this time to be thankful for the fortune we have received, even with any misfortune that may have fallen upon us, or perhaps <laughs> we even planted in our own lives. So we see the death and the life of the year we have been in and begin to become more comfortable with those cycles, right? Because death is the destiny of life, as I read somewhere recently. (laughs) So I think it's normal for some of us to feel kind of the spookiness of this fall season. And I think because death is a yin energy, it's associated with the cold, with the dark. (laughs) And I think our bodies definitely experience that cold as very contractive and it can be restorative too, right? That's the beauty of of the dark, right? The, the dark can be scary and it also can be restful. So we're going to continue to look at those themes along the way, I'm sure. I want to lead us into the guides that I've pulled for us to inform us along this ceremony. So I pulled Sheila Nagig. This is a British spirit of warning and invitation. And kind of interestingly enough, Sheila Nagig is representative of card zero in this tarot deck that I'm using. And card zero is the fool, right? So again, that that zero is a symbol of completion. And Sheila Nagig asks us to dare to return to where we began. (laughs) So again, that cyclical nature, the Ouroboros eating its own tail. Sheila Nagig, it's interesting because it's represented as a female figure in this dark goddess tarot deck. But my partner and I actually looked up images of this spirit and it seems that it was represented both as male and female. It's a carving that appears above churches and castles in Great Britain and Ireland. It can be a woman, but I've also seen male figures as well, kind of grotesque and sexual figures, either of a male going to suck on his own genitalia or a woman opening her own vulva, playing with herself. (laughs) So immediately we have that image of sexuality right there but it's interesting because the meaning of the Sheila Nagig's appearance remains mysterious and contradictory some people interpret 
their presence as protective, almost like the gargoyles on a church. And others consider her to be a reminder of the sin of lust. So again, we have these kind of dual images. The Sheila Nagig is ultimately a symbol of protection, sexuality, and also fertility, which I think is interesting seeing as on the other side of the hemisphere, in the southern hemisphere, I believe they're going into Beltane, which is the spring months. So that two-in-one is happening even on our global scale here. Some of the takeaways from Sheila Nagig that I thought were really poignant from the guidebook were that everyone is flawed and strange. Don't see what you already know. Release expectation, judgment, and shame. And allow the unexpected to change the way you see the world around you. So yes, as you can imagine, these Sheila Nagigs were unexpected figures to be seen above doorways. And actually, the doorway is a huge theme for us in this ceremony. So there is something there definitely about a protective yet also playful spirit <laughs> that graces our, our thresholds, the thresholds of our churches and castles. Um, so yeah, we kind of have this playful, powerful spirit with us, the Sheila Nagig, a spirit in touch with their own sexuality. So that's an interesting thing to be bringing with us into this reading, I'd say, but I am looking forward to see how Sheila Nagig surprises us as we continue on this journey. I'm telling you every time I come to do a reading for Divine Love, it is never what I think it's going to be about. So I'm already leaning into the unexpected wisdoms that Sheila Nagig will surely bring forward for us. Okay, we have a few more archetypes that I want to bring into the picture for us that I feel will inform our path ahead. We have the unseen. The doorway in between worlds is ajar. So as we as we move forward to Samhain and the veil is at its thinnest, we are preparing now to open that door and to greet our ancestors. And this is what the unseen represents here in our ceremony, are the ancestors from beyond the veil. And that is also a huge part of the elder month, is honoring the ancestors that have passed before us, as well as receiving wisdom from them. So we are being asked to approach the unseen things in our lives. And even if this doesn't mean ancestors to you, it could mean the things that we don't know, the unknowns in our lives and how we interact with the unknowns in our lives, the things that we can't see, but we can only perceive. We feel the presence of, but sometimes we deny the existence of out of fear, right? To admit that there are things that we don't know, that there are things unknown beyond our understanding can be very upsetting <laughs> for 
our whole nervous system, I believe. So the unseen says your guides are near. Listen, listen. So perhaps we can take a moment to honor that call to listen. Take a few deep breaths. And just see if we can hear. Mm. I'm getting the message, love yourself. So that's really nice. <laughs> um, and just as Alder asks, we will be looking at the light and dark of every archetype we meet. So the unseen can manifest as wisdom and guidance, as I feel like I just manifested this message of self-love love yourself but it can also manifest as an unwillingness to forgive and let go i think that is going to be speaking to the grudges that we hold in our families towards those who are still living and towards those who have passed on and i think that there is an emotional release that we will be asked to partake in gently gently of course there is um, there is no call to let go of that which you are not ready to let go of but the unseen may ask us to let go of things we hold dear or pains hurts that we are still living in the skin of, so to speak. So that is one of our archetypes, the unseen. The next one is the threshold, or I wrote the doorway, because I'm telling you throughout my research, I just, the word doorway just kept on popping up. So doorway it is. So we're thinking about this archetype, right, of th those thresholds we cross many times a day through doorways in and out of doorways the doorway requires us to leave behind the us that we had formed so well so there again is a theme of transformation right because we're talking about life to death death to life so that is a sense of a doorway that death is a doorway and we are walking through one state of being to another so this is the invitation even the initiation, if you will, of the doorway. Will we cross over? Will we say yes? Will we jump like the fool so often does into the next cycle, into the next season? Will we jump with trust and willingness or will we resist and be pushed? <laughs> because that is the truth. I mean, sometimes we do get pushed in this life because growth calls us forward and that's actually interesting because it leads me into the light and dark of this card which is the light is growth and individuation becoming your true self unfolding as you were meant to unfold and the dark is resistance and refusal to grow refusal to go forward refusal to shed the skin that is ready to be shed and the last archetype we have is the bardo the bardo is the in-between space, the transitional space, a place in between this life and the next, a 
place through which souls pass. And just like the unseen, we may receive messages from those who no longer are with us. I wonder if for those of us who don't feel comfortable with working with ancestors that have passed can just consider the people in our lives who are still living but are no longer written within our chapters so to speak so yeah this could be a time where someone that we long forgotten um, reaches out to us and says hello sends us a text um, or perhaps comes to us through the form of a book that we borrowed and never gave back to them and their memory comes to us. This is also something Sheila Nagig represents. It's just like forgotten places that come up and remind us of parts of who we once were or maybe parts that we'd forgotten about or memories that require resolution. I think you can think about, you know, people you don't talk to out of grudge and again i'm not trying to push anybody the universe is the one that will do that (laughs) but uh yeah just considering the people you don't talk to anymore i know that could be kind of activating so take a second if you need to to breathe and there is no force here this is a divine love space y'all so you do what you want to do with this path of yours And hopefully you have good friends to guide you along the way and help you see your blind spots, right? So it's back to the bardo. (laughs) I'm going to read a quote from the guidebook that I thought was very poignant. In this place, there is the potential to forgive the unforgivable, to say the unsaid, to see the unseen, to love the unloved, and to let go of all that which causes us pain. I just had the idea now of a journal entry, the bardo being a a space where we can say the unsaid, and I just imagine writing a journal entry of all the things that you might say to someone you lost or someone you're not talking to anymore or someone you don't see anymore and you feel you need to speak to or share with or hear from. So that could be an interesting exercise or meditative practice. The bardo asks us to listen once again. So let's listen. Yeah, I'm just hearing let go. (laughs) Recognize what needs to be resolved and let go. The bardo in its light form is spacious, gracious, and forgiving. In its dark form, there is torment and hallucination. I guess that could mean, you know, when you haven't seen someone in a while and maybe you've built up all this feeling around them, around the image of them in your psyche, and you start to believe things about your relationship that maybe aren't true, or believe that they feel ways about you that maybe aren't true. So I think that that could be a part of the hallucination element of the bardo. So now that I've done us our introduction here, let me now turn to the main event. to the tarot reading. I haven't used this deck in a while, 
The Light Visions Tarot by James R. Reed. And I thought I'd use this deck because it's black and white and it feels very liminal and it feels like a a fall deck. It feels kind of Halloween-y, so I thought I'd go with that vibration today. I'm just flipping through the cards to make sure they're all upright and then I will add some reversals in for us and we will get on our way with this reading. But I kind of like doing this process of having to look at each card, even if it's just momentarily give each one a piece of my energy. All right. So. I'm being called to mention the full moon in Aries that will be coming up October 9th. The full moon in Aries could be a good time to do rituals around ancestors, perhaps, is what I'm thinking here. So now we've put all the cards upright. I'm going to put in a few reversals as I like to do and uh, we will get asking some questions so mm. I'm gonna take a second to listen listen to the question that wants to come forward I'm getting the message, the path ahead, the way forward. So we're going to pull a card to represent that. <laughs> the path ahead, the way forward. Maybe there's already a situation that you're in that you need guidance around. Okay. So... The card has been pulled. <laughs> and so destiny has been struck. Let's see what we have been handed here. <laughs> oh, wonderful. The five of wands in reverse. Five of wands in reverse. Mm. It's kind of a dizzying scene, to be honest. My eyes are having a hard time adjusting to what I'm seeing in front of me. It looks like a group of people at odds with one another. Yeah, particularly there are four people that are at odds and one person looks kind of isolated with their own wand in hand and the four that are staring intensely at one another are holding their wands either towards or away from each other. But... I definitely feel that grudges. I see the grudges and I also see dynamics because they're all kind of in this triangle shape together. Their bodies are all kind of intertwined in this dynamic of uh, grudge and resentment. I see that on all of their faces. There's a fight, there's a battle, there's wounded feelings 
and the path is just next to them. <laughs> it's so interesting. I find this deck interesting because sometimes I'm not sure whether it's it's water or or earth that I'm seeing like sometimes it'll look like a path and sometimes it'll look like water because it's black and white you're not really sure but all we know is that there is either a stream which means like a flow because there's something about water it's so gentle right so there's there's a gentle approach or there's the step-by-step approach which can be seen like when you when you interpret this image as a pathway, then it's it's more of a grounded step-by-step path to healing and reconciliation. So I definitely see grudges held. And because I see that in in the sky, there's stars, there's constellations, I think about ancestors, I think about the past. So perhaps there is ancestral healing that needs to be considered I'm not someone that knows like a terrible amount about that but I'm sure that there are people who work with that type of healing so yeah I'm just seeing dynamics grudges history as well as there is an availability there is an opportunity to choose flexibility fluidity creativity or at least groundedness, <laughs> groundedness. Even if you don't take the next step forward, can you ground? Can you ground? So if you're in a relationship and there is a a saltiness between you and you're not ready to take that next step towards them, either how do you let go with that flow energy, right? Or ground, like allow it to release into the earth, right? The Sheila Nagig asks us to release, release, release so how yeah how do we release we can all think about people in our lives who we have qualms with we are at odds with whether it's individuals or cultures or movements and we feel at odds and there's an energetic uh, like forcefulness there right this is happening kind of in our energetic body and it can be felt right again that unseen you can perceive it but you can't see it perhaps you even deny its existence perhaps you even deny that you're in a grudge with somebody and fuck I better be careful where I go because I'm gonna have to start taking my own medicine aren't I <laughs> so <clears throat> how How, how about we ask, how can I bring healing? Okay, let's make this, let's make this about us as individuals for a moment, you know, because you can't control how someone else may react, but you can control how you show up, right? So how, oh, pulled two cards. So once again, fate has, has handed us handed us our our next steps <laughs> mm, justice in reverse fitting because we are in libra season as i record this justice in reverse very interesting i already see spiral there 
and oh my god ten of pentacles oh wow these images together um, powerful because the justice card looks like a hand especially because it's in reverse reaching down either into the soil or into the water again that's the beauty of this deck I can't really tell which is which and pulling out a dagger pulling out a dagger that has severed a cord mm, severed a connection so it definitely feels like a wound and then next to it in the ten of pentacles you see this family walking in the into the sunset it's a man and woman holding their child between them and they're kind of you know doing that thing where you let the child jump in between you by using the strength of your two arms so you definitely see again there's dynamic and yeah I think there's a healing here a familial healing talk about ancestors again I haven't done a lot of intentionally working with the ancestors although I am starting to invite them now and then into my own rituals and it's still something that's very new and kind of unknown to me and I don't really know what I'm doing but I think that there's something powerful about again even if you don't really believe in the beyond psychologically healing those things that have embedded themselves into our psyche that perhaps were passed down from immediate family if you can look at your immediate family you know, like a therapist asks you, right, what's the history in your family or a doctor, like a medical history. So how, how can we bring healing? That was the question. I just, I see that we need to be owners of our own wounds. We need to own the wounds we feel and take care of them. We need to be responsible for the wounds that rest in our families, in our bodies, and again, I'm not asking us to be perfect or to be Superman or to take on the world. I guess I just, yeah, I think there's definitely something about the healing. We need to heal. And how can we heal ourselves? Going in, reaching in, pulling out the dagger, pulling out the pain, pulling out where the pain is. You can even think about maybe physical wounds that have passed down through your family like maybe arthritis runs in your family or maybe diabetes runs in your family again because we are dealing with the ten of pentacles there could be something there about paying attention to the physical ailments you're experiencing because those ailments are reflections of deeper shits i mean again i'm no like ancient Chinese medicine guru or anything but I do know that the physical manifestations of dis-ease are just that they are they manifest the dis-ease that we are experiencing on more than one level but we're being asked maybe to come back more to the bodies and the ailments I mean again I have to take this medicine because my hip bursitis has just been flaring <laughs> this past week so Perhaps there's something for me to explore there, but there's a woundedness for sure with the justice in reverse and inflammation. You could think about a sore wound 
right? I think also part of how we can heal is being with our families, being with the people we love. And family doesn't have to be the family you were born into. It can be the family you created. And, you know, I know that the families we're born into are uh, rife with drama. So that's how we can heal, just paying attention to the physical ailments that we experience and maybe becoming a bit more curious about that and um, paying attention to wounding familial stories that you have a hard time letting go of as well as spending time with the people in your life that restore you and bring you a new sense of life even with all the pain that you feel so that is how how we can bring healing how I can bring healing how can I heal remember because we have that we have that the dynamics of resentment and grudges in our lives in our cultures in our societies and there is an often a different path beside us that that encourages us to be fluid be flexible be creative or at least to ground and I guess you know the question is why you know what is it that keeps us stuck so Perhaps we can get an insight into just where the challenge is for us and how we might get over that challenge. Because as I said, relationships, even with your partner are hard, right? Even with the person that you choose, even with the people that you choose, there are things that we hold in our memory of people and how do we want to hold people in our memories right yeah you can even ask yourself how do I want to be remembered as I die when I die (laughs) that could be an interesting question but for now we're going to just look at where the challenge is what makes it hard what makes it hard for us to let go what makes it hard for us to move forward what keeps us resistant Okay, I got more cards again. Two cards. Hmm. We have uh, the Two of Cups. And the Ace of Cups. Wow, this is a big deal, guys. The Ace of Cups and the Two of Cups. Wow. Wow. And another really lovely, amazing, imaginative thing about this light vision stack is that all of the minor suits, each suit creates a scene when you put the Ace to Ten together. And so we have a scene here with the Ace of Cups and the Two of Cups together. It looks like a romantic evening between Uh, a man and woman in this water and I know it's water because there's a fountain beside them (laughs) in the ace we have this fountain that's spouting water all from the top and in the two we have this man and woman 
clinking a beverage in this in this water and we see that there are leaves falling so I do feel the fall that letting go here oh oh I see such tenderness and vulnerability here and I see um, the body being in a state of relaxation and playfulness Mm. and I think back to the question which is like you know what's making it hard what's making us feel stuck Mm. it could be because we're not feeling relaxed you know it could be because we are feeling tense like the five of wands kind of speaks to feeling tense you know maybe it's been hard to find an environment for your body to feel safe enough to let go I think that's what's so beautiful about the cup suit and water in general is that it is a gentle or it can be at least in this scene especially with the water fountain this trickling this gentle trickling I think about taking a shower right and letting it all kind of come off and letting go wow sorry I'm seeing a really beautiful blue jay in my backyard right now so yeah it could just be really simple which is like we need time and space you know I think that's really good because I myself was feeling kind of tense (laughs) from the last two cards we pulled with justice and reverse and ten of pentacles because I feel like it's asking a lot of us right it's asking us to show up and be brave and to be willing to heal and to find wholeness and I think that if our bodies are feeling feeling the woundedness feeling the pain it's pretty contractive and it would make it hard for us to open up to new worlds to new life to walking through the doorway Mm. so it could be that we are invited to give ourselves the spaciousness we need right before we extend it to someone else something my therapist said to me today was you can't give what you have never received so you know what about giving what about giving ourselves a little bit more grace in our grudges, right? And the things that we find difficult and the relationships we find difficult and the conversations we find difficult and the conflicts that we find difficult. And as I say this, my shoulders are tensing. <sighs> Can we just breathe and say, oh, let me just feel the wind carry the leaves and you know in those moments where we can truly find relaxation how can we let ourselves relax I think that's hard those are practices that you develop with your own body and they can be difficult at times right if you're really activated but yeah just think about rest rest Mm. So I'll go over the spread one more time just to see if there's any more juice I can squeeze out of this lemon. 
<laughs> All right. For the path ahead, the, the way forward, I pulled the five of wands in reverse. <sighs> mm, a lineage of tension. You could even say a lineage of conflict. You could even say the choice between conflict and ease. But I also see here uh, as an added insight before I move on from the five of wands that they are all close. <laughs> even the person that's facing away from the four is still bundled in the group. So I think there's something here about there is a closeness that we get in fighting. So maybe if there's something about like just closeness with you and someone else I think there's a closeness that comes with fighting so also it could be a reminder that it's normal to fight with the people we're close with and you know it doesn't it doesn't always equate to the end of the world even though it's very scary because we love these people and we're attached to them right so that was the path ahead the way forward how I, and I speak this because I want us to think about our individual power and choice and freedom, how I can bring healing. So we had the justice in reverse and ten of pentacles. Yes, reaching in to the past to pull out a wound, to pull out an old root. Now I'm just seeing it another way, which is like... <laughs> putting something into the soil to sever a dead root. I think about root rot and when I had to take my plants out of the soil and cut off all the dead bits, all the dead roots and put them back in a vase of water to help them grow new roots. So it could be a form of death, you know, so it was strange to see my plant, which was in a planter. It was kind of scary to cut off all the dead roots. And I thought, am I killing it? Am I, is it going to come back to life? And I put the stems in a vase and the new roots grew. And now it's, uh, it's, back, in a, it's back in a pot and it's grown. So I, I feel that fear of death here for sure. And with the Ten of Pentacles reuniting with a sense of home and family and I feel that the wound around that around family as well as maybe confusion so this was how we can heal yeah just considering mm. I even think of the question where we can bring healing and again we talked also about the body right the wounds of the body that we can feel and that can maybe be a resonance of something a bit deeper. And what was the challenge? Why do we get stuck in these relationships and in these dynamics? What makes it difficult for us to move forward, to unfreeze? We pulled the Ace of Cups and the Two of Cups. And there was a sense that maybe we haven't felt relaxed or calm and part of the invitation, right, of the ace and the two is to drink of that cup of life for yourself and to share it. I think there's that balance, <laughs> right, of sipping on the cup and sharing the cup so that you and your, your loved ones are nurtured 
So I think there's definitely something about partnership and working with the people close to us to make sure that all of us are taken care of, right? <laughs> think about the people in your immediate home and and their well-being and knowing that they are a part of your root system and making sure that everyone is is doing okay. Not that we have to be responsible entirely for how people show up, right? Because everyone has their own responsibility to themselves, right? That's the Ace of Cups piece, but that we care. We care. That's the Two of Cups piece, right? So how can we show care to people that we are having a difficult time building a bridge towards? Maybe it's just having a nice thought about them or just remembering something nice about them. And that could be be a, a bridge that builds you maybe not physically or, or even in conversationally close to them, but in your heart. <laughs> and I think that's the most important bridge to build from. So, wow, that's been a pretty unusual but encouraging message. And now I'm just going to listen to see how this time might come to an end. I'll leave you with a prayer. As we move towards the winter season, as the darkness closes in, may the sun that has helped us grow be the light within us now as we move towards our rest. May we learn from those who are our elders Amen. So mote it be. Namaste. I will see you actually for a special bonus episode. October 31st. Sawain. And I will be having a special guest on this special episode. So keep your ears perked for that one. Once again... Namaste and continue to offer yourself love on this journey. <laughs>